Blessings, blessings, blessings to you. Today, I have a special guest, Erica Lynn Speak. But before I bring her on, I am going to ask you to please share, like, tag, go live, comment, and subscribe. How are you, Erica Lynn? I am wonderful. I'm wonderful. Thank you for having me on your show. Oh, yes. Thank you for accepting and, and coming on. Thank You're you welcome. so much. Tell my audience and myself a little bit about the One Step Beyond You signature program. What was the catalyst for its creation? Well, the One Step Beyond You signature program is what's created for those who are ready to play big in their life. You see, a lot of people have gotten into a place where they're stuck. And they want to go from stuck to unstuck, right? They've been holding on to emotional bondage. Things in their life have been weighing them down. And they don't know how to put the pains or pressures of life behind them, heal from it, you know, move on and, and move forward. And so as part of my journey, I realized what I needed for my healing and my growth. And when I got to a point where I felt that and I knew that I was healed and whole, I said, wow, just imagine the things that worked for me, how it could work for other people. So as I had been doing one-on-one -on -one coaching with clients and, and just listening to a lot of people, pain points, I decided to create a program that could really help them. And especially during this time of the pandemic where, where you're stuck at home and the mental thoughts are getting to you. So the One Step Beyond You Signature Program, it, it was created to help people no matter what environment you're in, what, no matter what pace that, you're, uh, that you want to go at, but it will simply help you heal from the traumas and the pains of your past or present and allow you to take the steps and, and allow you to move forward. Right, right. This is a perfect time for it, like you said, with this pandemic, definitely. How have your experience with trauma ultimately healing equipped you to go on to inspire others to reach their fullest potential and teach them how to navigate their own healing process? Well, for me, my traumatic experiences happened when I was a little girl. Okay. Um, I just remember coming home from school one day and my father had left the home and he wasn't coming back. See, most of us have parents that argued because my, my mom and my dad, they argued a lot and he would move out and come back and move out. You know, that was the thing that they did. But this particular time, he didn't come back. So what that did was that caused me to have what I clarify as the daddy syndrome, always looking for love in all the wrong places, looking for someone to guide you, to be there for you. And so I gravitated to a lot of different men in my life, you know, thinking that they were going to treat me as if my father would treat me, teach me the way that my father would treat me, you know, 
you you know when your dad is there how he takes you out to dinner and and he show you how a man is supposed to treat you when he pull your chair out for you and oh put your coat on and pull your hair back and tell you that you're beautiful so that when some knucklehead tells you that you're beautiful that you don't just fall for anything you have standards about yourself well because he wasn't there to teach me those things i just gravitated to a lot of people and we had a neighbor that lived down the street from us and my mom she would say well go and ask him to you know take you to the store or go and wash his dishes he'll give you some money for ice cream or candy or whatever so one particular day she asked me to have him take me to the store and um so she can cook dinner and i did so and when we were coming back out of the store i remember getting in the back seat and he goes no i want you to ride up front with me and i was like no nah, i don't want to he said come on so i get in the front seat and i remember sitting as close as the door to the door as i could and he says, oh, you're sitting so far. And he gently reached over and he grabbed me and he pulled me very close to him. Well, you know, back then they didn't have a front, a center console in the car. Right. It was just one long front seat. Yes. So there was nothing separating him and I. And I just remember sitting there bracing my body and squeezing mm -hmm. my legs and shaking my body real tight, you know, like putting up my defense mechanism. Well, needless to say, that did not uh defend me from a grown man and and i was 13 years old at the time so he began touching me and doing inappropriate things to a 13 year old girl so that caused a very traumatic experience in my brain that's what started my process of just running i started running through life i ran away from everything i ran away from home i started drinking smoking partying just you know doing all kind of things and then i became a stripper at 17 had my first child at 17, end up in a 10-year abusive marriage. Every relationship after that was just uh, verbal abuse or just you know low self-esteem. I just right. did not have a grips on who Erica Leon was. And so because I never had an opportunity to heal from those pains from my past, when I, I went back to college when I was 35 years old. But when I graduated from college, I thought for sure I'm going to get my dream job. I'm going to be off of welfare, take care of my kids. I'm going to just live the greatest life. Well, what happened was after I graduated from um, college, I ended up hitting rock bottom. I was very suicidal. So because I went through all of these traumatic experiences, and then I had to go through my healing process afterward, and the journey that I had to take to go through that healing process, I was like, wow, this is powerful. So I learned a lot of things, you know, along the way, because one of the biggest things that I've learned is that that traumatic experience caused me to have a cracked or a broken foundation. Right. And I just added life onto it. You know, husband, mm. kids, mm. being a stripper, being in different relationship, working, school, all of that on this cracked foundation. And one day my foundation just gave way. And that's what caused me to hit my lowest breaking point, come go to a depression that I didn't think that I was going to come out of. And so that was wow. the start of my journey. And so that is how we got to where we are today. Today. Wow. 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 That's what my, you authored a book on healing, the seven techniques of healing. What are some of the techniques from the seven techniques of healing 
would you suggest our listeners start implementing into their own lives so that they could step into their biggest healing? Absolutely. Well, the first technique is healing. See, the seven techniques of healing was broken down into an acronym. Um, and so that was like easy for me to remember, right? But then it just really made so much sense. So when you heal, in order to heal, you have to figure out what you're healing from. Right. So that means that we got to begin to peel back the layers and identify mm -hmm. what the root cause is. And so the seven techniques of healing is a self-help book that asks you very intrusive questions, but it's done that way so that you can be honest with yourself and really pull up some of those truths out of you, things that you threw away, you know, in the back of your brain, right. because you know, when we have traumatic experiences or experience, oh, yeah. period, you throw them back there and you forget about them just yes. so that you can go through life so you can yes. function or focus or else it's just going to always keep stopping you and preventing you from move oh, forward. Well, yes. well, this book and the seven techniques of healing program, it makes you revisit it one more time. But this, God be willing, this is the last time that we're going to revisit. And you got to start, you know, pulling out all those things and figuring out what had ha what, what happened to you. So once you heal, I mean, identify what's going on, heal from it. So the next step is you've got to educate yourself. Mm. Like educate yourself on what are you going to need? Are you going to need a counselor, a therapist? Are you going to need medication? Are you going to need a coach? Like what do you need? And really take, you know, really look into it honestly and be wholehearted with yourself and say, okay, I need this. Um, you know, if you need a therapist, don't a lot of people have a stigma on getting a therapist yes if that's what you need yes that's you you know what i mean if that's what you need to help move you to the next level you can have a therapist a coach a counselor right you can have every all of them but what's most important is surround yourself with a support system right and that's the big part about education build your support system so that when you begin to have times in the future where you're going to revert back your support system is there to support you and help you know, grab you before you seat back down yes. into that depression. And yes. so those are, to me, the most two important steps along with taking action because mm. it's, if you heal and then you educate yourself, what good is that if you're not going to do anything about it? Right. So taking action is so important. You have to take action into your healing. You have to be willing to do what is required in order to get you from point A to point B. Right. Wow. That's that's really, really powerful. That is powerful. Erica, can you tell me, tell us a little about your personal relationship with your father and what that healing process with him looked like? Absolutely. You know, my my father, although he left in the beginning part when I was a young girl. Right. Well, he came back into my life the last three years prior to his passing. My father um, passed away on Halloween of 2017. God rest his soul. And I just remember that I had just, I had been married twice. So my second husband, I had, it, it was another level of abuse. And we had just wow. had, 
you know, a fight or an argument. He was mean to the kids and we hadn't even made it to being married a year. But one day my ex-husband had pushed me and I went flying across the room. So that really instilled another level of fear um, right. to me from him because he was big, like a football player. He was a big dude. Wow. So I was like, man, I can't take this dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> can't take him out of here. So anyway, I had to be clever as to how I was going to get him out the house. So I got him out the house and he moved away. And then the next day, I got a phone call from my stepmom saying, your dad is in the hospital. He just had a heart attack. And I was like panicking, like, oh my God, what am I going to do? So I naturally called him because technically we were still legally married. And I said, well, can you meet me at the hospital? My dad is, you know, he had a heart attack. So he did. And we laughed and we all like, you know, loved on him. Then we left. He went his way. I went my way. So I waited a couple of days and I went back to the hospital and I said, and by this time, my dad is up talking and laughing and everything. Mm-hmm. I said, dad, if I share something with you, are you going to die on me? All right. Can you handle some stuff? And he goes, yeah, Erica, as long as there's breath in my body, I can handle anything. And I said, I want a divorce. I don't like that fool. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, what do you mean, Erica? You guys are just here the other day laughing and joking. I said, I know, daddy, but he's been mean to me. He's been mean to the kids. And I was like, I just don't want to be married to him no more. This is not, it's not a good situation. It's a really bad situation. He said, well, what's the problem? And so I began telling him what was the problem. And I said, see, I have the divorce papers here in my purse, but I didn't sign them. He said, well, why didn't you sign them? And I began sharing sharing with him what the issues were with him and I. So what my dad did my dad started empowering me. He started uplifting me. He started wow. loving me. He started giving me all wow. those things that I looked for when I was a little girl. Like he really made me stand up to be a woman. Wow. And, and, and you know, I love you. So I didn't need somebody else that didn't really honestly, truly love me. You know, he gave that, that gift to me that I always wanted. And as a result of that, that was the starting journey of my healing process of just all the things that I had had gone through from bad relationship to bad relationship. I really truly started becoming my own woman and loving myself because, you know, he amongst uh, a a pastor guy sent in my life and another friend that had come into my life just really was instrumental in my healing journey. But that's something that, that I wouldn't change for anything in the world. Just being able to, just be with him them last three years. I mean, it was phenomenal. Wow. <laughs> it sounded like it was powerful. It sounded like it was just, uh, wow. Wow. Yes. God bless your father. May he rest in peace. Thank you. Wow. In your opinion, is healing a continuous process or a one-time exercise? It's a long, it's an ongoing process. And ongoing, like you can never say that you're fully healed. However, it's always going to be um, a lot of work. And what I mean by that is one of, um, when I say surround yourself with a support system, right? Uh There's a lot of people that deals with depression. And sometimes your depression gets you so low that you can't come back from it. And it's going to take a long time to heal from it. But then you have people that were, um, what I would call hiding or hiding depression. So take me, for example, 
I used to get depressive episodes and I would hide for five days, but nobody mm. even knew that I dealt with depression. So when you saw me, this is what you saw. Right. So for five days, I would go in the house. I would hide. I would lay around, eat, sleep, be sad, tired, just depressed, crying, you know, uncontrollably. Nobody knew I would eat uncontrolled, gain a whole lot of weight. And right. then five days later, take a shower, put my makeup on, come out. And they're like, oh, Erica, you're beautiful. All while I was dying on the inside. Right. So when I started the healing process, that means that I had to call myself out and tell Face my support right. system, right. I deal with depression. And these are some of the things that I sneak and do that you guys don't know that I do. So once that I put myself out there and let everyone know this is what I do, if they don't hear from me, now they're calling me like, hey, I haven't heard from you. Are you okay? Or if you know that you're getting ready to slip, there's things that I'll do. I'll call my friend and I'll go, okay, today is not a good day for me. Okay. And then we begin to identify why it's not a good day. So, so if I'm down, it's only about 30 minutes or an hour and they, and I'm allowed, I'm able to catch myself before I fall deeper. So those are things that I teach people. You're never going to be a 100%. However, if you learn the proper tools and techniques, you can take them and use them for the rest of your life. Wow. I know this is really, really helping somebody. It's really, really, I mean, you, this is even helping me, you know, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. Thank God for you and all that you do. What are some techniques to practice that foster ongoing healing for those of us who are here playing big? living our destiny and running into trials among our triumphs. Absolutely. Um, I always like to reinforce with positive affirmations. So for all those who are listening, I ask you to get at least 10 index cards, or you can take a piece of paper and cut it up in 10 squares. Write down 10 positive affirmations such as I am beautiful, I am healed, I am whole, I am wonderful, whatever it is. Don't write down the affirmations that I give you. Write down the ones that mean the most to you. That way, when you recite them, you can feel it, you know, earnestly. And you take those affirmations and you put them around places in your house or even in your car on the steering wheel. And you're going to recite it once in the morning and once in the evening. And you know how they say it takes 21 days to form a habit. Well, I feel that if you if you do it for 30 days, then not long, it be, it goes past the habit. It really yes, sticks right. with you. And so I believe in the laws of reciprocity. What you put out in the atmosphere is what you get back. So if you put out positivity, then positivity is what you're going to get back. So now when you say it, you say it with conviction. Right. I am wonderful. I am whole. I am beautiful. I am healed. I am walking into my purpose. And when you say it that way, now you begin to feel it. And it begins to change your thought process. And you begin to see yourself in a different light. And so when you do this every day, twice a day, not only will it just, it, it would no longer be words. It will, 
the action is going to follow behind what you say out your mouth and your life will begin to change because now you're going to be like, wow, I am beautiful. Somebody say something. Thank you. I'm beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) And you can just laugh at things that you didn't laugh at before because life just becomes a, a powerful tool. It becomes a powerful piece of you of you. And you can just walk into your light. So at that point, you no longer dim the light that's was inside of you. You know, when you go to do through depression, sometimes you want to hide your light, hide who right. you really are. Ain't no sense of hiding it. Let that light out. Let it shine. Let the world see. Yes. Yes. That's that's wonderful. If you don't mind, would you do like five and you, you say it and then the audience, you all say it right with us? Absolutely. You mind? Absolutely. No problem. Okay. So repeat after me. First of all, when you, before you say your affirmations, make sure you ground yourself, center your feet on solid ground and you take a deep breath in and you breathe out one more breath in and breathe out. I am beautiful. I am beautiful. I am powerful. I am powerful. I am wonderfully made. I am wonderfully made. I am successful. I am successful. I am walking in my purpose. I am walking in my purpose. Absolutely. Beautiful. How do you feel? feel good. It feels so good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for that. It's, it's, um, I'm telling you, it's, it's just a blessing that you, you know, pick healing to come up with your techniques and the one step beyond your signature program and, um, just sharing, sharing your experience, because I know so many people will be watching, watching, and just, it's just, it's just helping people heal. Yes. It's really, really helping people heal. And, and I am so proud of you and I'm happy for you as well. Um, We're going to, we're going to also, I want to first thank everyone for tuning in with me tonight. And I hope you enjoyed it. You got something out of it. And please join us next week. My special guest is Dr. Kiana Battle. The topic is grief. Why me? Why not me? You don't want to miss that interview. Thank you again, Erica Lynn. Speak. And I have something special for you all. Erica Lynn Speak is also, she does spoken words. And she's going to do a live spoken word. Never give up. Erica Lynn Speaks. Thank you. Thank you so much. Let me get the music on. We were all faced with life decisions. 
some good and some bad. But when you are faced with those decisions that you may never have had, being pregnant under age, you have no idea what you should do if I keep it. What type of life will my child even have? If I terminate it, will I deal with a life full of regret? Well, I tell you, the choices you make, no one is to judge. So don't throw in the towel just yet because no one will hold the grudge. So I say to you, never quit and never give up. If he yells at you and tears you down, Sometimes he even pushes you around. You find yourself asking, is verbal abuse even abuse? You begin reasoning with yourself saying, he just called me stupid and only the B word. You ask yourself a question saying, doesn't that mean he just loves me more? Hmm. He sits back and says, She's just being a woman. Is it okay for her to down me, be little man, treat me less than a man? I tell you both that verbal abuse is still abuse and you are worth so much more. You are a powerful woman, a powerful man, and you stand up as such. So I say to you, never quit and never give up.